You're listening to the Maniverse Podcast with your host, Tom Traplin, and this is session number 118. If your shop is based in the U.S., your game store's website might be a huge liability for you. Recently passed legislation has made the internet a public accommodation, and that means that if your website isn't accessible, you're at risk of serious fines from the government and especially lawsuits. Game stores in particular are being targeted by a law firm in New York, and if you don't want to be served with a five-digit lawsuit, you need a solution. The best option on the market is Accessibee. Accessibee is an affordable AI-based app that automatically makes your website accessible for all sorts of people, and it protects you with an accessibility statement and litigation support. It's an all-in-one win-win solution for game stores that only takes 48 hours to protect your business and make it more accessible to the people that need it. You can sign up for a free seven-day trial by going to maniversesaga.com forward slash ADA and protect your business starting today. Go to maniversesaga.com forward slash ADA now. Welcome to the Maniverse Podcast. I'm your host, Tom Traplin, and this is the podcast where we explore what it takes to build a successful, friendly local game store. If you like what you hear on today's episode, make sure you subscribe to the podcast on whatever fine platform you're listening to. And if you're listening to this on YouTube, hit the like and subscribe button and leave a comment letting us know your thoughts. As always, you can find the notes and links mentioned in today's episode at maniversesaga.com. Today we are talking with Rob Gruber, a.k.a. the Elf King. Rob is the owner of Good Time Games in Prince Rupert, British Columbia, Canada. And he's built an incredible business by becoming somewhat of a local celebrity and personality, among other things. Rob plays the game store game a little bit differently and today we're going to talk about his approach to working within a small community and what sets his business apart. So welcome to the podcast, Rob. I'm glad to have you here. Thanks so much for having me. It was, it was tough getting here. We had a couple couple of missteps along the way, but yeah, here we are. Thanks for uh, giving me a chance to talk about good times. Good times is my favorite place on the planet. <laughs> I hope so. And I'm, I'm, we had a few hiccups, but I'm glad we we figured it out. We're here. We're ready. Let's let's uh, let's dive into good time games and. And uh, you know, let's explore what makes this place so interesting and special and why pretty much everybody in the industry knows who you are, because you, you definitely yeah. stand out. That's a, that's a wild thing, and that still surprises me when I go to the big, uh, you know, the gamma trade shows and things. There's people that want to just want to talk to me because they heard about the store and heard how we do things differently. And uh, I, I, find it, I find it refreshing and, and really exciting that, that the industry does kind of follow along what we're doing and, and treats us treats good times and myself a little bit special for sure it's, it's, yeah, uh, no, it's, it's a very I, i'm very humbled by it all the time well you're doing something special and people are paying attention so it's it's very interesting to me personally i've, I've found it uh, pretty cool to watch you from afar and see you interact with everybody and how you know how you have uh, led the way in a lot of different ways uh so before we go too far into things, let's let's back it up, you know, a decade and a half, and uh, let's talk about how you got into this business. Like, why did you? Why a game store? You know, like, why did you get into what you're doing right now? Well, yeah, I, w I was a gamer. I've been a gamer all my life. Uh, but when I was, you know, I'm, I'm I'm fairly advanced in age. So when I was young, it was uh, it was not socially acceptable to be a Dungeons and Dragons player or a board gamer or even. And there was no trading card games. So 
it, we did it in kind of in secret. And so um, it's refreshing to see that the industry's opened it, opened its arms wide to everybody now. And it's almost cooler to be a gamer than to, you know, if you're not a gamer, you're kind of on the outside looking in now. But way back when I started, when I was a kid, um, my brother Mike and myself, we, we dreamed of having good times. We even had the name picked out way back when we were just teenagers and young, you know, kids. So it was always, it's been a dream for a very long time. Um, like I said, I started out uh, with Dungeons and Dragons. It was, um, it was a very interesting story. It was a friend's mother that arranged a high school kid to teach us to play Dungeons and Dragons when we were in, in between the summer of grade six, grade seven. So we were just young, young guys. None of us really wanted to go. We didn't know what we were going to. It was, you know, we thought we were getting, it was, we thought it was a trick to get us to a summer school of some kind was, was, you know, what, it, what I thought it was. I thought, oh man, I'm ruining my, my summer here. But we, I absolutely felt well that first, even the first day, I can remember it, uh, you know, vividly with my friends there. We played all day. This, you know, we looked up to this high school kid that was kind of our dungeon master, and I fell in love with uh, Dungeons and Dragons, and that opened the door for everything after that. You know, we we became gamers through and through. And of course, back then, like I said, it, you let everybody know that it, you were a gamer in high school and social uh, suit. I was a captain of the basketball team, and there was no way I was letting anybody. We told everybody we were playing poker every time we got together. So, <laughs> different world, different world back then. Now I've got. I've got kids of every kind of, you know, got hockey players, got dancers, got band kids, got academics, got everybody playing in my store, and, and it's it's just such a rewarding thing now that the store's here and can can do that, and I can I can make it cool to come down and, and you know play Pokemon or or join us for Dungeons and Dragons. Our Dungeons and Dragons guys are awesome. They start as young as six years old, uh, so they're just little guys. They're not even in their social circles yet, and they're already kind of falling into the you know the, the the gamer lifestyle groove uh parents totally encourage it but yeah 15 i'd say about 20 years ago was when if what really lit the fire was my son i had my i had my only son was born back then and um so he's 25 now but you know i was the parent that could facilitate play for him and his friends i could use it as a reward for you know they have a great swim meet or do great at basketball hey we'll play D D all night and 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 we just kind of, you know, they, they fell in love with Duel Masters. So, of course, I facilitated play. And I, my, my dad had this great building where Good Times is. And there was a little room downstairs that he said, yeah, you can you use that. And, and that's where it all started. It was a little place called The Dungeon in the basement of his building. We started, really, it started with Duel Masters with a, with a WizKids game called Mech Warrior Clicks. You might remember that one from way back. But mm -hmm. lots of them, we had three age groups in that. And, and it started with six eight kids and every saturday was 40 40 players adults and kids after so everything just kind of blew up and i'd get parents phone me hey how can my son get involved or how can my daughter come to dual masters or bakugan or whatever we were doing at the time and i started thinking hey you know what maybe this but we watched game stores traditional game stores open and close you know t probably 20 of them here mixing in a little bit of hockey card product but it's just too small a town we're nine ten thousand people and you got to factor in how many of those are customers and, and it's very remote so where i am it's not like you can drive half an hour and be in another community it's two hours to the next community down the road and every other direction it's either ocean mountain or wild forest so you know and that other town two hours away has a couple of game stores already so you know you're not drawing on anybody but your population so i really had to i knew i had to do something entirely different like 100 percent different because I'd seen 
every other one open and close and just not make it right and there's even been some since we've been here that have opened and closed and, and haven't made it as well so you know, i knew we had to do things different i had to engage the entire population i had to build on you know just make build on my you know whatever popularity in the town or my kind of appeal to people and the trust from parents people you know I'm, I'm a trusted individual here so you know that i i capitalized on that and just made it made fun programs if i thought nine-year-old rob would love it you know i kind of figured my town would probably love it too so we just built on that and just kept going i started small and you know now it's kind of built into the good times empires we've got a cult-like following here in our town i, I think 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 our town would go to war if uh if, if we put the call out for it kind of thing <laughs> uh, yeah, that's, well, that's a good sign. We do a lot of retail. We do a lot of um, a lot of different retail. I've got things that appeal to. We got bath bombs. You can see behind us. We do cookbooks. We've got licensed gear. My candy zone in the last two years has grown, you know, probably ten times what it was when I started it. So we do popcorn candy, you know, flavored pretzels, Pez, all that kind of stuff. And that, and those all those sections, I tell people during COVID, um, and most of these are my wife's idea. She she really helped. Um, diversify the store and just get you know because I'm, I'm a gamer too so she she helped bring the attitude of a non-gamer kind of to the store and we added those and i i, I swear the licensed gear and the candy and and just the added stuff has saved saved good times during COVID. you know i used to be able to bail things out oh dinner and a movie boom and you could fill the room and and that would be that would be an easy easy way to make a slow day a busy day um but without being able to do all those cool in-store things or take the kids sword fighting on a nice day um without being able to do that stuff during covid you know we were we were relying on strictly retail and that that's tough and i had a few programs that helped during that like we would do elf king delivery so you'd buy something in our online store and i would do uh free local delivery on saturdays and i'd dress up in my full you know elf king attire and, and it was that was, so that was great you know for the kids that are losing that engagement with the store over that time and, and things like that but there was days my wife was driving me around for six hours delivering stuff so it obviously had a, a broad appeal <laughs> but yeah, yeah no, that's, that's a good way to make so that that interesting and special I think, the, I think you guys in the world noticed us was because of the uh wizards of coast kai judo game uh we we managed to blow that up we had the largest turnouts um, and the most diverse crowds for Kaijudo that they'd ever seen. They sent a camera crew up here, and so every store got a little disc with, you know, here's how to build your local game store with Kaijudo. And, and yeah, we had 109 people show up for that event, and it just blew, it blew the world's mind. And then everywhere I went after, oh, you're that Kaijudo guy. And, and yeah. yeah, so that, that, otherwise, I mean, who has a reason to look up where Good Time, where Good Prince Rupert is, right? Yeah, yeah. So. I've got like dozens of questions just based off of those first couple of uh, couple of minutes. All right, let's, so let's work through those. I definitely want to dive into the Kaijudo stuff because that sounds fascinating. I want to explore like what happened there. Like what was the phenomenon that kicked that off? But before we do that, I wanted to ask specifically, uh, why did you stick with Prince Rupert? Like when you like you started things off there, like why why establish a business there? Why not go to somewhere else that's a little bit more populated, maybe easier because of the market? Yeah, I thought about that lots of times, and, and I, you know, I still think about that on occasion. You know, the, what could I do in a in a large market and with my diverse kind of offerings? But Prince Rupert's my home, um, and I I'm born and raised here. My my mom was born and raised here, so I'm second generation born and raised in this little town. Uh, my dad's been here since he's ten, and they're still here. And, and my brother and his wife are here. The the friends and family that I grew up with, 
they're all here. My wife is born and raised here as well. And it's just a beautiful little town. And I'm, I'm very loyal to, I call myself a Prince Rupertite. Uh, I'm, I'm loyal. Just recently I got awarded the, um, like all, basically the key to the city from my, my town. My town, my council, everybody that lives here really appreciates what I bring to this community. Uh, and I get treated like a superhero. You know, I lead, I lead the parades. I, when any, anybody needs to raise money for something, I'm the guy that they come to. Uh, because, you know, I, I'm going to have a, a broad reach and, and lots of appeal and be able to help as many people as possible. So while I thought about going some, somewhere else and I could probably do a fantastic job, you know, if I was in, in a metro and, and had, you know, the gamer crowd that would just wander into my store and then be able to build on the extras that I, that I bring to the table, I know I could thrive anywhere. But, you know, I'm thriving here and I'm happy. I'm healthy. I've got time for myself and my family. I've got time to help other people. And... Uh, you know, my, my town appreciates and respects what I do, and I don't know, I, I know lots of people that when they move away, it's tough, tough for their kids, right, because there's not a good times wherever they go, uh, even though you'd think there would be one everywhere, but, you know, if you can make it here, you can make it anywhere, but, yeah, it's just, it's a special little place, and it's, it's my home, and probably the place where I'm gonna, you know, finish out my days, for sure. <laughs> Well, it sounds like you got something really special going on. Did you know at the beginning that you were like going in that trajectory? Like, did you feel like you got something really unique, like right off the bat? Yeah, like, I've always been, you know, I'm, I'm like a Peter Pan, and I was always that kid in class that was drawing maps and and writing stories and not paying attention, or just that calming presence. Like, I I got along with everybody. Everybody thinks I'm funny. You, I can just say, hey, my name's Rob Gruber, and everyone's like got a smile on their face, and I was like. I don't even, I'm not trying to be funny right now, you guys, kind of thing. Uh, I've got a, a kid's aura, I guess, for being a 52-year-old dude. All the kids think I'm 12, so you know, I'm out there running around sword fighting, and, and you know, I don't really come off as a as a as a, as a grandparent kind of thing, which I guess I could be at this point. Um, yeah, I just have I have fun, and wherever I'm at, fun seems to kind of gravitate too. So. I, I knew I, I knew I was a little bit different and, and just a little oddball in that way, um, and I knew I could leverage that and and facilitate other people having fun because I I just seem to easily figure out what fun and I can make that happen for everybody else. And, you know, my I have the most fun when everybody else is having fun. Mm. So you have a really so good intuition that. in that. I think it could work anywhere. I know Wizards had to do some things at, at Gamma one time just to kind of see if it, I'd have the same impact outside of my community and it still drew a giant crowd and it was still, you know, like I, I, I seem to be able to take adults and, and make them feel like they're 15 or 12 or 9. Uh, and people need that in the world today. I agree. I think they definitely can benefit from a little bit more youth and uh, energy and exuberance and general happiness. That's a good time to be. It's a it's a good time of the age or a good age to be. So if you can yeah, instill sure. that, you know, being young at heart and bring that and give that to other people, I can see why people would resonate with that and be drawn to you. Yeah, it's. I mean, it just draws a crowd everywhere we go. Whatever I'm doing is is fun. Uh, I try to have fun. I'm not. I'm not a real serious or uh, ever. You know, I just <clears throat> make, I can make fun out of any situation, almost any situation, I guess, or try to. And it draws people. It draws, you know, I've got the best team here at Good Times because we just draw great people that share our kind of attitude. Um, you know, I've got my family works here, my, my wife and my son, 
both help out. My son's probably our best dungeon master for summer camps. He takes a break and helps with summer camps, and he's a fantastic swordsman and a great uh, archer as well, and, and our head wizard at all our outdoor play. And then I've got Olivia, who's basically the, the, the manager of the store. She kind of keeps me in check and lets, you know, gives me enough rope to be creative and fun and free, but also says, hey, you know, is this, what's the accountant going to say about this? Or how does this, <laughs> how is this going to work? Is this, you know, are we going too far with this one kind of thing? So she's great. Keeps me organized. Keeps me, you know, Robbie's got to be here at 11, right? You know, all that kind of stuff because... I'm a very fly-by-the-seat-of-my-pants kind of guy, and sometimes I get caught up in the moment. I can go get groceries and be there for an hour because I'm talking to kids. You know, it's just that's the, way it, that's the way it is. It's part of the part of being who I am, I guess. I love it. I love it. I, I have time. I try to make time for everybody that wants to wants to talk and try to remember everybody's name and all those little things, right? Yeah, yeah. So I'm getting the sense that a lot of the success of the business is an extension of the success of you as a community member. And you being yeah. this caring, compassionate person who puts himself out there and can, makes connections with people and is naturally like able to do that in a way that people really like are drawn to. Like they connect with you, and then that translates into well, they they want to be with your, they want to go to you for your, you know, to be uh, participate in the business, to be at the game store, to experience the things that you care about, and that kind of stuff. So you've got this magnetic personality that just people can't help but uh, come yeah. to, to to find out more about definitely I leverage that as you know to the best of my ability and, and I, I, I know that that's the strong point of the store so we um, you know we we make that a, a vital part of everything we do here and you know try to you know try to try to make others like that as well we, we like playing games with people we like playing games with so you know ideally you want people that you enjoy doing things with to be gravitating towards you um, you know, a lot of times people say, well, you've got amazing kids. They all follow rules. They're, they're well behaved. Well, it's because we have a lot of rules and I hammer on them. Like if a kid's not behaving, you're sitting by the tree instead of work fighting. And so you lose the one, the bad kids and you get just good kids in the end because they're the ones that are willing to, to follow through and, and follow rules. And so, no, I don't want to say I'm strict or anything, but you know, I try to give them a good example of discipline and, and things in play. And we start them off as young as five. So they're learning that at five. By the time they're nine, they, it's committed to the brain. You know, they they are they're part of the program and they're um, you know walking the path, the same path, the good times path. Uh, at that point, so we got some, we got amazing kids. Are the kids that are here mind blowing? I, I don't see. I, they walk in confidently. They they can look me in the eye. Robbie boy, how you doing? You know, uh, I see kids that you know maybe are maybe brought up on an iPad and they can't even lift their gaze to meet you know meet my eyes or stutter their name out. So. I know these are well-adjusted. They're going to be successful kids. I've seen the kids that, you know, my son and his friends, they started out as the kids, and they've all grown up to be successful young men and women and, and just amazing, and I'm proud of all of them all the time. And I just, I think, I think what we provide here at Good Times is a, is a good social, um, almost like a, a social, I don't want to say it, like an example, a social example of how to go out and help someone else and do the same thing. All the stuff that we did for you, go out and do it for someone else after you leave here or after you grow up. You never actually leave but when you grow up. Yeah, so I'm getting, again, I'm getting a sense that it's it's not so much the games and the structure and the retail location and the business itself as much as the culture of like personal growth and discipline and care and, and just 
caring about you and yourself and other people and, and bringing everyone up together like that wrapped up in the ethos of everything that you're doing just but like it's you know games are the vehicle that teaches those lessons and that's what people are connected with for sure Game, games are, are made to be fun so you know we'll take them and we'll have fun but yeah we want to we want to have fun a certain way and we want to we want everybody to be included you know we i don't want you know one of the first things i go over all the time at camps and stuff is there's no name calling there's no bullying there's none of that and i, I tell a story of a young rob that got bullied and you know people look at me oh someone someone too. sorry i'm just on a no sorry about that uh, come say hi Liv. this is this young lady i was talking about that grew up in the store and is now our manager of our store here hi. um and you Gary, this is Tom. We're doing a little in interview for his uh, his web page and, and different things. But yeah, she's yeah. she started here at 14 years old and is now our manager. She's been here a long. She's and she's gone and done other things and has always kind of come back to to good times. So she's super important to what we do in this little place and super important. The kids absolutely love her and um, yeah, it's just that's the kind of people we want to surround ourselves with. I lost what I was talking about now because she scared me off there. That's all right. That's all good. <laughs> Uh, we're talking about the culture and the ethos. Yeah, the, I mean, the culture is super important here. And we we want to see all of our, like, I mean, our customers, every customer, we know their middle name. We know where they work. We know their kids' names. We know, you know, it's it's not like we get a lot of strangers wandering through the door. Everybody that comes through the door is someone we consider a friend and, uh, or, you know, like, or an extension of a friend or uh, or if it's someone new, you know, we want to make them our friend and we want to introduce them to what we do here and what's special and, and make them feel welcome right away. If they move to Prince Rupert, uh, they know that they can find 50 friends just walking through the doors at good times and they'll be involved in, you know, we got battle set going on tonight. Hey, come play. You can use my arm. You know, I don't have to paint nothing. Don't have to buy anything. Come play. You can give it a try. See if you love it. Um, same thing for magic. You know, we'll have decks ready to go. Someone can jump in and play tonight and we'll, and our opponent, he might be our best player. He'll walk you through how to play. You know, he'll he'll help you have a good experience for your first time. And that's just our, you know, like you said, our culture, uh, the way we, we do things. And I think you get away with that in a small town. I don't know if I can pull that off in Vancouver. Maybe I can over time, but, you know, I don't think right out the gate you can, you know, that's one of where I'm always complaining that we have a disadvantage being in a small town. That's one of the advantages of being in a small town as well. Yeah, you can really set the tone and... It's, it's everybody. You hit the ball. You've got the whole base covered. Whereas, yes, you know, a place like Vancouver, you know, you, you could probably start to begin developing that and growing into that kind of a community. But that's like that's that's a multi-year process because you've got you know yeah. so many many people I, that you'd have to to touch on. And I've also got to say, like, I you know, we have 80 kids over there for sword fighting, or 450 kids in our D and D program, like 80 women in our ladies D and D program. So these are huge numbers, and they're mind blowing and, and daunting for a new for a store that says, "Hey, I want to try to do that." But Good Times didn't start like that either. Good Times was small. Like my ladies D and D program was six moms that wanted to uh, connect with their kids that were playing in our heroes program. So they just wanted to understand the language. They didn't really in, intend on playing D and D for the rest of their lives. They came to that one session. I made a one shot for them. You know, we had a little potluck. We had a little bit of fun, laughs, and whatever, and, and introduced them to the game. And they said, "Hey, Rob, can we come back and play next week?" You know, so. And it just grew from there. You know, they tell a friend at work, hey, uh, you know, Dungeons and Dragons, I don't really know what it is, but we had butter chicken and it was awesome. You know, so you want to come kind of thing, right? So, and, and I, I don't I haven't met very many people that you give them a chance to play and you let them immerse themselves and let them 
uh, become a character and just step out of their regular everyday life and, and be, a, you know, be an elven ranger or a wizard or something. I haven't met very many kids, adults, anybody that doesn't absolutely love it when you give them a chance. Uh, and if they, as long as they come in with an open mind, you give them a chance to play, they're going to love it. Uh, and that's, you know, that's, that's how you, you start. You start small. Those were small groups. My, my heroes of Hawthorne, my 450 kids, uh, was eight kids. It was my son and his friends. That's how it started. But I didn't look at, you know, this week's eight kids. I looked at, let's do the long haul. Let's uh, go advancement for these characters. Let's let them do birthday parties and let them invite friends next time. And so every birthday that I have that has one D&D kid instantly makes seven more D&D kids. You know, just, just it's going to be a natural extension of they're all going to have fun here. And so we started all those communities small. Our Pokemon, our giant Pokemon started, started small. Kaijudo started with six, our first Kaijudo. Uh, and lots of the kids were like, no, we don't want to play because the older kids were like, well, we, we went with Duel Masters and they canceled it. We don't want that to happen again. I'm never giving them a chance again. But they, you know, they all started coming back. And yeah, we just, we just built from, I think, long term. If I see a game and I think, I love this game and I'm enthusiastic about it and I think I could have fun playing it, then I, I think, hey, let's build this. Let's go for your program kind of thing. I like the vision. The vision I, I, is a big part of why things kind of like go in that trajectory. And I wanted to, to touch on the Kaijudo in particular. So, so what, how did this turn into a phenomenon for you? How did this become something that you became known for? What was the process? Uh, you know, I, I, I think we, I think I liked the game. I liked Duel Masters and, and that was one of the first games that I played with my son when he was just a little guy. So we really took a good hard look at it when it came out and I thought, you know, let's give this a go. And I didn't really think we're going to blow it up. I didn't think it was going to be what it ended up. But you know what helps with that? That was a time where Facebook was pretty new. So I had a connection with a lot more people uh, because of because of online. Um, so I could share pictures and I could build on things and I could have a parents group where I can invite people to the events every week. And a huge part of our success, and this was the first game that kind of showed me that, was uh, a prize for everyone. So we had an entry fee and a prize for everybody. And those prizes, we didn't award to the guy that went 4-0. We rolled a D20, highest roller, picked first from the pool. And if there was, um, let's say I had 80 people at the tournament, I'd make sure there was 90 prizes. So the guy that picked 80th still had a choice to make, right? So if it was a six-year-old kid, that's important, right? Do I take a candy bag, promo card? What do I take here? A pack, you know, like, so as long as you give them a choice, they're going to pick whatever, you know, what they're, even if they pick last, they're going to pick what they want. And that was a huge one. Um, doing the D20 prizes was massive for us as well. Um, just because we had new kids that would come and they would um, feel like even if they lost all their games, they could get the best prize. Um, so that was, that was important. And they didn't, they didn't have to be expensive prizes. They were covered in cost entry and, you know, we had donations and I would solicit sponsors and there was a lot of things like that. But we wanted to really make it welcoming. Another big part of that success was we, we appealed to kids and adults because we had two divisions. We had our green and our veterans divisions when we started playing. So they don't play at the same time, but you play with your division. And the kids got to choose when they moved up to the veteran division, when they felt they were good enough. Like we had eight, nine, ten-year-olds that were good enough to play with our adults any day of the time. I mean... Kevin Winther was one of our, he came fifth at world championships. He was only 14 at the time. 
just a just a young guy. So you know, our young guys, uh, they were they they were hungry to play test, hungry to play against one another and to get ready for camp season, get ready for big tournaments. Our dual days were every week were as big as anyone else's KMCs. So, you know, our guys had massive training, even though they're just young dudes, they were playing way more games than every other pro player on the planet. They were playing all week. They were playing against different diverse metas all the time. Some guy would come up with something and everybody have to figure out how to overcome it. And yeah, it was just, you know, we were, we were a very strong Pajudo, uh, competitive area, even though it was, you know, it was fun and, and not overly competitive in design. And so it grew, it grew from those six, eight guys. Um, you know, we figured out the prizes, we figured out the divisions, we made it super fun. Uh, I had a Kajudo card machine and we made that awesome. We did box draws and roll-offs for, for, you know, foil cards and, and we just made it, it was like the circus every week at Kajudo. And Wizards got, got named in it or saw our pictures on the, basically on the Kajudo Facebook page was where everybody was like, where the hell is this place? Is it 45 man, you know, kind of was, it started picking up steam and they're like, uh, people looked into me a little bit more or, or, you know, added me as a friend on Facebook and just saw, okay, this guy's got some kind of weird energy and it's really fueling what's going on out there. <laughs> and yeah, it's just people wanted to be part of it. And we sent representatives to the first KMC, the first uh, world championship. We had a KMC and some guys qualified and we sent our contingent. And then on top of that, a bunch of families went as part to play in the last chance qualifiers and stuff. So we had a giant, you know, every time there was a, World Championship, there was like 20 people from Good Times there. So we, Wizards picked up on that, and they did the, the, the little showcase thing at one of our events, sent Ryan Miller up here to be part of it, the game designer. And it was super fun, and I think that kind of let a lot of North America at least know what we, who I was and what we were doing up here and, 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 why, and what made it a little bit different, I guess, as well. And so that ever since then, Good Times been on everybody's radar. And we've done, and it's not just a flash in the pan. We've done that for Pokemon here in the store. Our, like I said, our swords and sorcery. I can, all summer long, we had 50 kids out battling every day, you know, every mm -hmm. sunny day. And so for a small town to pull that off as well is, is massive. Um, and our magic is great. We, do, we just sent three guys to nationals for flesh and blood. You know, we had a qualifier here in the store. So, you know, it's not just Kaijudo. And it's, uh, it's just, I think, the energy of good times and myself and my team and my town's really behind me. Uh, they trust in me when I say, Hey, this game's great. We're going to be playing. It's awesome. Uh, you know, we're going to back it here at the store. People trust that, that, that opinion. I'm not, I'm not going to sell them some card fight Vanguard because I can't get behind it myself. I just, I'm not an anime guy. I'm, I can't, I know I won't spearhead it to victory. So, you know, we stick mm. with what we, what we know, what we love, what we appreciate. And no, there's no Pathfinder books in our store because I'm a D&D &D guy. There's, I'm not selling them. Uh, everybody that plays D&D &D and Press Rupert learned from me anyway. So. <laughs> so it's a mixture. It seems like there's two things that like I noted that is that you've got this passion for this game. that you, It's something that you believe in personally. And then because it's you and because your personality and just the, the natural you know attraction of people coming to you to like find out what's going on in the world of gaming. Uh, that kind of creates a, a flywheel effect where people are like, oh, well, you know, Rob's got it. Rob's into it. Let, let's look at it, right? And that's enough of a, uh, yeah. an endorsement for people to be like, let's dive in. Definitely and then the second thing, yeah, and then the second thing was that you said that uh, it would 
I don't know if it was everything, but with Kaijudo specifically, you had the event, but then you basically decoupled the reward system from the, you know, the performance of, of whatever the record was during the, the event so that everybody had a chance to win. And it was essentially like you played because you wanted to play and you wanted to be better, right? You, you, you want to go 4-0, you want to win, but that doesn't determine like your reward at the end of the event, right? You still get whatever yeah. you get and everybody gets a chance and it's all random, so it's all fair. And like counterintuitively, that actually increased the competitiveness of the the group. Whereas usually, like most store owners think of like uh, <clears throat> like I think of the way PTQs are done, you know, or back in the day they, they were done, right? The top player got the plane ticket and the and the invite, and everyone else got you know a box or whatever it was uh, was below that. So super top heavy, like highly valued reward system, and then it scales down to basically like well. You know, if you're 80% of the player base got zero, right? So it's a very different yeah. approach to uh, creating a competitive event or a competitive culture, I guess. And in a small town, you need every person, right? So you want to make everybody that wants to play, you know, have a good reason to come play. And if they think they're going to spend their 15 bucks, 10 bucks, whatever they're spending and just getting nothing, you know, just feeding someone else's top prizes, eventually they, they might come once, twice, but they're going to stop coming if they continually end up in the bottom whatever percentage. So prize for everybody. It, it goes again with that culture. You know, a lot of our top players, if they rolled high, they would let someone they played, you know, you, you know you're going to, the young guy, you're going to pick on my turn. When my turn comes, you're going to pick. And they would just forego their prize because they know it's just, a, you know, a pack or two packs or whatever, because we flattened it right out. Um, and they knew that that was good karma for that young guy that made that young guy's day that might have, you know, just made a big difference. Uh, and they know that they could pull out the knives and and go cutthroat when it was KMC time because that top prize that qualifier you know we had some bit well, there's one thing about competition when you have a hundred people in the room you can have better top prizes because you've got a hundred guys paying ten bucks so now you've got more money for prizes if you got four guys top prize isn't going to be very good you know like even if you win it is still not great so if you're chasing off anybody if your competitive guys are chasing off regular players they're just cutting their own throat for prizes if that's what they're after is prizes it's not gonna that's not gonna work right and eventually a store sees four guys same four guys every week well that now you lose your event yep yep exactly you know, so we want we want to make everybody welcome make it a, a more of a community more of a celebration every week and fun for everybody i had little girls that they would sign up play their first game and then just want to do a coloring page kaijudo coloring page didn't want to play their other games and we knew that and we made accommodations. We would have buys and, and, a, and a series. They would still get a prize. They would still have the same chance of the best prize, as a matter of fact. Um, some, I have some kids that want to play one game and they just wanted to be in box draws. You know, they forgot their record when they won a box for two bucks. You know what I mean? And, and when you've got 100 people in the room, you can do box draws for two bucks because, you, you know, like it's, you got that many people wanting to, wanting to throw a toonie at you for, for a box draw. So I think just doing the way we did that we we kind of had that circus mentality that that was unheard of at the time was one thing uh and it blew minds for people they're like what the hell they, you know like that many people just for dual day why how yeah. what's going on you know exactly. i think for kai judo the five top attended events four of them were at good time and that's including world championships and stuff so I mean, when you're <laughs> running your KMC the same day Los Angeles is and New York is and Dallas, Texas is, and you're getting a bigger draw, you know, you're doing something right, I think. 
Uh-huh. Especially when you consider the uh, population disparity. Just by law of numbers, exactly. you should be getting more people. And you got 100 times the pop. Yeah. There, there's more people taking the dump at any given minute in New York than live in my town. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So yeah. does that... Uh, so we- does that extend to the rest of the organized play stuff that you do in the shop? Do you like do you just kind of make it flat or make it random and kind of remove the, the like the, the most, tiered structure most, that most places most, do? Most most things, especially our kids' things, anything we run kids programs is all uh, based on that D twenty role, and we've got some rules that go with that that kind of build community as well. So if you're wearing a Good Times you know logo T shirt, you get a plus one on your prize pool. If you've been Ooh. super well behaved, you're helping clean up. You're uh, you know you're helping a young player learn to play. And our trainers and our professors and our, you know, our supervisors see that they can also award you a plus one for that. So, and there's a behavior bonus um, to your prize role. I mean, and a lot of times it doesn't make a difference in the grand scheme of things. But sometimes there's two people with a 20, and some guy's got a shirt on, he's got 21. You know, it makes it makes all the difference. So, um, that that gives a little bit of brand loyalty. Uh, also, it has a secondary bonus. Is when I take my pictures, it looks like we are a cult up here. Um, <laughs> You know, when I'm posting pictures from our events, it's like, you know, well, there's 19 guys with good time shirts on. What's going on kind of thing. Um, and and a, a th- as a third thing, I guess, it sells a lot of shirts um, because, every, you know, everybody wants to plus one of their prize rolls. So so those are uh, those are all bonuses that come with that. But, uh, yeah, we try to do that for most games, especially, like I said, the kids ones um, our magic players. You know, obviously, they're a little bit more competitive and a, and a more adult based thing. And our our my friend, Ryan who has been our magic, he's our magic judge, our top player and our organizer. He's been that way for the last you know, 20 years kind of thing. Um, he does make sure that there's always a prize for everybody is one thing, but he will make them a little more top heavy. So there is a reason to compete and a reason to um, get better. But we also have a lot of things that it's nice when some, some of our young players come, the older guys will add things to the prize pool that only those younger guys are eligible for. So. You know, it's stuff that maybe the older guys wouldn't want to win anyways, um, but just extra promo packs or promos or something. So our younger players have a little bit, even if they roll high or low, they or, or if they place high or low, they still have, you know, they're getting a little bit of volume, like what they grew up in the store kind of being used to. Um, so, yeah, so that's, I'd say magic steps, you know, a little bit away from our regular, but still in a good way. And same as flesh and blood, you know, a little bit more competitive, um, and we want to uh, we want to encourage that competitiveness because we're going to be sending guys to nationals and we're going to send guys guys want to go on the pro tour qualifiers and things like that. It's not it's you know it's not different in in that aspect. We still got guys that aspire to be really good Magic players, really good flesh and blood players, and we want to reward them and we want them representing good times and not just going down there and being clowns. You know, we want them to be able to play as well. So it um, I guess we we do a little bit of A, a little bit of B. Uh, we maybe bring them up with a great generous um sort of mindset from when they're small but then as they get older and they commit to a game we want them to be a little cutthroat and competitive as well same time because they're representing us and we want we want everybody to think good times has the best players in the world at everything why not because right? we, we, got, we got the best sword fighter in the on the planet here so you know, we, i want everything else to fall into into place as well <laughs> yeah well, if you're gonna be there you might as well be at the top so yeah. So we, yeah. So we talked about a lot of like great stuff, a lot of really cool things that are going on. So over the last like you know, sixteen years that you've been rolling on this, uh, rolling on this business, uh, what's the what's something that you I'm gonna say regret? What's a mistake that that you made that uh, you learned from in the past? 
Oh, I've, I've learned from lots of things. Um, one of the biggest ones I learned through COVID was, um, just as far as game stores goes, was I moved my, my play tables out of the retail space. Because we added all those lines to help us through COVID, um, and we were getting people that were coming in that were not game store traditional customers. So they were coming in, um, and, you know, if there's, if there's six tables of Pokemon kids, they're turning around and leaving. So we learned that. We, we, we designed a, a better game room downstairs dedicated just to play. We've got a couple of RPG rooms dedicated just to that. And so we don't just have people hanging. It's a retail store. When, you're, when there's nothing going on, there's a retail store. When there's something going on, it's still a retail store. So we were noticing with 70 kids for Pokemon, we weren't getting a single customer in during Pokemon because it was a zoo in here. And mm. that was probably the biggest thing I learned was I took that, you know, it lets me control. It gives me full control of things. So people are only in that room when there's an event going on, when there's a, something with a with a schedule, uh, with a fee, with a start and finish time. So I don't, you know, um, I think that was a huge benefit for good times as well. And our retail sales have jumped because of it. Our, our customer base has broadened immensely because of that. And I, it was one of those things that I, man, I, I like to think I'm a smart guy. I, I didn't figure that out all those years ago. So maybe that's, that's a regret that I have. Um, and we used, we also used to be diversified in, in a, in a way that didn't, um, kind of, I had no impact on, like, I, I, I'm, like I told you, I'm not very technical, not technologically, uh, adept at anything, but my partner was. And so we used to do some, uh, consoles and sales and service for computers and stuff like that. And the only bad thing is I it couldn't capitalize on my energy, that stuff, because I, you know, I'm telling kids, I don't know how to turn on an Xbox, you know, like, <clears throat> that's uh it's just the way it is you know I, I i don't play xbox i'm out there sword fighting or you know i'm going to do other things and playing games face to face like sitting across from people and playing in a social at a social table and yeah so so that was another thing that really didn't jive with rob so uh my partner who is a great guy you know and an amazing human being and just a compassionate big-hearted dude he passed away a couple of years ago so obviously i can't fix computers and consoles and I can't really get behind it, even if I hired someone. I just thought this has got, you know, we've got to pivot the build, the, the business. And that was a that was a good move for us as well. We're we're we seem to be razor focused now on what we're doing and trying to do it better uh, and make, do everything well and do everything better. And and that those are two things that I guess my biggest regret was I should have not started doing this when I was 20, rather than rather than 30. <laughs> You got to learn those lessons at some point. Unfortunately, you can't learn them all at the beginning. No, <laughs> Unfortunately. No. Uh, I mean, so, I'm thankful that even at, at, at my age, I'm energetic, uh, enthusiastic. I'm in fantastic health. So I can I can go at it like a, like a 30-year-old anyways. Uh, and really, I, I'm still excited to put up new signs and to clean things and to fix things and change things. So, you know, I haven't lost the passion, even though, I've been doing it for as long as I have. It seems like every day we have some project on the go that's exciting, and we're, you know, we're we're giddy over it. And that energy helps, obviously. The the enthusiasm, if you can maintain that fire, then like, yeah, that, that's definitely what you want to come in excited to be at the store every day, right? That's 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 the ideal, right? That's what you want. Yeah. yeah. How I much? Tell you, I'm a little bit green. Exactly. How much do you feel like? Cause, 
Another thing that you're known for is the fact that you are a fitness dude and like, this is a big part of you know, who you are and what you do. And it's part of yeah. your lifestyle. How much do you feel like that contributes to like the store, the energy, the, just what you bring to the shop? Definitely my, my mental health is probably just as important as my physical health. And that going to the gym every day puts me in the right frame of mind to, to be positive and to be energetic and enthusiastic. Um, everybody in the building knows the days that I don't go to the gym. Uh, you know, it's just, it's, it's noticeable. So, you can tell. so that's important for me personally. Um, and you know, that's kind of like a game as well for me. Like I like seeing improvements. I like trying to win the fitness game. So that is, is much like someone playing magic in their store. For me, it's, you know, I win, I win when I'm in great shape and I feel good about everything. I think it also, you know, I do leverage it, obviously, um, being out there on the sword fighting and getting to be that persona as the elf king. You know, you can't really pull that off if you're not kind of have that stature. Um, so that helps me, you know, with my personas or if I'm a dead eye, it helps me with that or um, things like that. But also, I think parents like to look to me to be a, a good role model and a good example for their kids. And um, I think, you know, I've got a, I'm, I'm pretty clean cut, pretty, you know, pretty, um, I want to say I've been told that I'm kind of Captain America. I guess I'm always, you know, I always play the good guy. I'm always the hero. Try to be the hero. I'd like to think that if I was ever, if there was ever a situation where there needed a hero, I would be able to step up and be that, be that person. So, I think parents count on me for being a good example for their kids as well. Um, you know, showing that eat, eating, don't drink a monster. You know, have a water. You want to be, you want to be a little more like Rob, then that's probably the way to do it. Um, and and just regime regime is is important for everybody. And like I say, it's, it's great for being in shape. I've always been semi in shape all my life, um, but it's really it's the biggest benefits to my to my mindset. Uh, that commitment, that discipline, showing up every day, those are all things that you have to do in life, and uh, they help me to to get that. That's my jump start for the day, and, and I just feel better every day that I go to the gym, and I feel like I'm in fantastic shape i can sword fight i know i can outrun everybody i know i can out jump everybody um those kind of things and i feel like that's uh it helps the business i guess and, and you know it helps the business because it helps me but it also i know that i got a spotlight on me in my town so i want uh parents to be able to you know feel they can trust me to be a good example and when their kids are with me to be you know be a role model and and be a you know extension of them i'm going to support their choices and their you know their ideals as well um you know for their kids i want everybody to be super healthy and happy i want everybody to be customers of mine for 100 years i don't want anybody getting sick and or or anything right i want everybody to be here forever so that's uh i guess that does it plays in for sure and it, it is just good for that you know if you if you are going to be at the top of the pile you have to kind of you know be that example and i think even as a game store owner lots of other i've inspired lots of other game store owners to to maybe throw a hike in or extra workouts i know i've got friends in the industry that are on fitness paths now and I'm, i couldn't be prouder of them I, I you know i tell them hey you're saving your life you're right there you're sitting you're saving your life you know uh, and yeah i want everybody to be around for a long time yeah and fitness is a good way to do that yeah i'm just just curious because that's not very common in this industry it's not very common in uh in gaming in general like it's not 
I guess it's more now, right? Not uh, not as much as it used to be in the past. But yeah, we're on an upwards trend, and I think people are taking their health a little bit more seriously. And how much, like, just how much that affects you mentally and energetically, and how much of that makes up who you are and how much you can bring to the world. I think I just, I just wanted to touch on that a little bit because I do think it's a factor. I think it's a it's a big one that shouldn't be overlooked. No, definitely, and it's not hard to do. Anybody can do it. Exactly. Everybody can can be a little bit more active. Listening to this, and you always thought you uh, maybe you should get a little bit better shape. Today's a great day to start. Grab grab some shoes. You can do it in your basement. All you need is a towel. You know, I don't I don't have any fancy equipment. I just just give her. You got to all you got to do is show up. Yep. No, and move around. <laughs> That's all. Uh, so, if you had to start over, like if things were different and you had to rebuild or start over from scratch, would there be anything you do differently? I mean. I, I, then right now, where my store is right now is how I'd start. Uh, I'm, I'm very happy with our programs. I'm happy with our, the way we retail. I'm, yeah, I think in, in my environment, I've, I've got it figured out in, in my, we're, we're doing, this is the best year, uh, in the history of the store we're, we're into. So, you know, I think we've figured out a lot of things, uh, with the help of my wife who is really good with numbers and, you know, looks at it with an objective kind of uh, viewpoint rather than a passionate viewpoint. Um, I think we've got, we've done a lot of things right now and we've righted a lot of processes that maybe, maybe weren't ideal. They might not have been wrong, but they weren't the best way to do things. And I think we just, we use our time correctly now. We focus on things that are going to be the best for the business and the best for building the business and the community up. So, yeah, I think if I was to start over, I'd start where I am today. Uh, I, would, I made a lot of mistakes. I'm not, not going to tell you I didn't make a lot of mistakes. We've got, we had to blow out lines. It's just like any store. We've, 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 made, we've made guesses on wrong things and, and done things poorly and, and mispriced and all kinds of things along the way. But if, uh, I think right now I've been here so long that I kind of I know. And, and this is not to say that this is right for every game store out there. Um, you know, if you're in a mass market and you have foot traffic, you're going to run things totally different. And I would totally do things different than I am right now if I was there. And I would promote myself differently and, and do all kinds of things differently. But in my limited market and in my friendly, uh, very well-known market, I think I've got it figured out. I would start exactly how I am today. You know, keep the same people, keep everything, and just start start. Uh, full full steam ahead. What's something you wish someone had told you, but uh, nobody did? I mean, I wish I, I wish I went with my gut on the on the computer stuff because I knew I couldn't I couldn't be behind it. I just I knew it from the start. I couldn't I couldn't have the impact on that side of the business, and, and I don't like things that I can't positively or negatively impact like I, I can't I don't have any control I like control of, of things I get involved in um, so I wish I'd wish someone had said hey Rob that's a bad idea you should go with your gut that would probably be would have saved me a lot but I mean it made it made my partner very happy and he's a he was an amazing guy so you know maybe maybe that still wouldn't have been good advice you know uh, along the way I mean we're still here so I guess I have to say we made the right decisions all the way through um, we're here and enjoying a great year. So, you know, we really didn't make any super terrible mistakes. Uh, didn't 
it hasn't cost me anything, really. Uh, I love the fact that my, my dad, who I worked with for 25 years, comes in every day to check on us here at the store, you know, just for a visit, just to see. Or, or that I can catch him over at the battlefield when the kids are fighting and he thinks I can't see him in his car over there and I can run over and catch him. He's almost got tears in his eyes uh, because he's just so proud of what we're doing. Um, but that's worth, I don't know how much dollars I can make uh, for me, those, those little interactions. The fact that my son has a place he can come be with his friends and enjoy things. Um, my almost daughter back there, Olivia, uh, you know, she's not by blood, but she definitely you know, feels like a daughter most days. But yeah, she's got a place that she loves and she can be proud of and passionate about. Those are super important. Uh, and every kid that comes in here has a place that he feels like is his own and he is with his people. And he can come in and get a high five and a hug and, and just say, hey, Rob, how you doing? You know, those... It's really important for my community, this, this little business. It's a small town, so this business is very important. And Mayor, he stops in and, you know, make sure. During COVID, that was the neatest thing. I was almost in tears. I was fixing things. And I didn't know if we were going to be reopening. I still showed up for work and was building things and fixing ceiling tiles and doing electrical. And I thought, am I ever going to open again? And, and I was panicked. I was, I was panicked. And, and I usually don't, you know, I don't let anybody see that when I'm like that. And the mayor came and checked on me and said, hey, you know, Rob, like, before you pull the plug, just in case you're thinking of it, make sure we get a chance to talk. Because um, we're not going to, you know, we can't have Prince Rupert without good times. And that That's crazy. that boosted my spirits, the fact that my entire, my council sent him down here to, you know, say, don't panic, Rob, we'll make sure you're okay. And the number of parents and, and community members that did stop in during those tough times and say, hey, Hang in there, Rob. No, no, don't worry. If we need to, you know, make sure we'll make sure this is still going. We'll make sure your vision keeps going here. And yeah, ooh, that that lit a fire. Just you know, more enthusiasm because of that. Yeah, absolutely. That's a that is beautiful. That the whole yeah. community like made sure that don't worry, what you've got is special, and we want it to continue. You are a pillar of this community. And we, we orbit around it. We want it to, to be here for as many years as we can make it happen. That's fantastic. Yeah. Special little place. It's got special people, and then it's in a special community. I think it all kind of mixed together to make something something really cool happen, kind of organically, too. It's amazing. Yeah. Yeah, I think, uh, I think a good way to think about it is that uh, if you make a mistake, as long as it's not fatal, it's not really a mistake. It's just a lesson. As long as you learn it and you keep it moving, I think uh, it's all good. <laughs> okay. Yeah. yeah, good stuff. All right. So a uh, handful of questions left, then I'll let you get back to your day because I'm sure you got things you need, you need to take care of. Uh, a big day today around here. Yeah. So what do you think what do you see happening for the next few years for for good times where do you want things to go what's uh, what are your projections uh well we i'd love to build on our on what we do um you know more D, &D more magic more pokemon more swords of sorcery um the big one i know lots of listeners potentially are probably on this uh, on this list but i know a lot of the industry is waiting for my uh guide to swords and sorcery book that is it's it's getting ready to be published so that everybody can kind of 
learn from what I've learned in the last 15 years with that program and maybe add it to, you know, because it's very unique. Like if you add that to your complement of things, you're going to be the only one in your community that does it kind of, you know, for the most part. Um, but yeah, I think that's something I'm that- personally looking definitely, forward to that. I definitely want to see that. Yeah, there's, there's lots of people looking, really looking forward to that because we've, we've figured that out pretty good. Like it's a, it's, it's a proven success now, 12 years, 13 years we've been battling over there and it just keeps growing every year. Every year there seems to be more five-year-olds waiting to, for their time to, to get out there and more four-year-olds waiting to turn five to, to get there as well. So that, that's great. So I think, I think those are, those are what I see in the next near future. I want to see, I want to say, I'd like to see more, more of our, Ladies of Hawthorne, more of our bad humanoids, more of our heroes of Hawthorne. Are the, I've started kind of blending their storylines together so that they interact with one another in the campaign world. And I'd like to see that develop a little bit more and more of those stories. I'd also like to see that um, Guide to Hawthorne, Rob's Guide to or, or Sarah's Guide to Hawthorne in print sometime in the near future as well. And I think cool. a lot of people would be uh, engaged with that, what we've built here for our, our stories in our campaign world. Um, so those are, yeah, those are my hopes for the future here and just hope to stay healthy and happy and doing what I love for the next decade, two decades, three decades, maybe. Yeah, keep going for as long as possible. It's going to make me 1400 years old and elf years, I guess, but no, that's <laughs> don't worry. I'm sure we'll be chatting again in another 50 years from now and you'll be still rocking along doing what you're doing. <laughs> All right. Uh, and one of the last questions I want to ask, and it's a question that I ask pretty much everybody who comes on the podcast, it's kind of the theme of what we're talking about, and that is basically, uh, what does success look like for you? Because it's such a nebulous term, and everyone has different goals and different uh, expectations and hopes and dreams. So what does it look like for Rob Gruber, the Elf Gang, to, to feel like he's been successful? Yeah, I mean, definitely that acknowledgement from your, your community. Uh, you know, you've got to be, when you're running a small business, you got to be financially viable. So you're, if your ledger's in, in the red, you know, it's hard to say you're successful. Um, I think you've got to be profitable and you've got to be constantly building and going forward and adding and, and uh, you know, the more, the more, the more resources you generate as a small business, the more you can give back and give out and sponsor and support other things as well. So I think financial, um, viability is, is super important to success as well. Um, and I just think, you know, being here, if I can be here with those other two things, uh, going full speed, um, watching kids grow up in my store, just becoming amazing people as they become young adults and as they go on to adulthood and hoping they can spread the kind of mentality and the culture that we, we foster and develop here. Now, I think I'm, I'm already successful. I mean, I'm already successful. Uh, I'm doing what I love every day. I get to go to the gym every day. I'm healthy, happy. I'm making other people happy. That's to me. That's that's great. Excellent. <laughs> what more could you ask for, right? <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. No, that sounds like sounds like the good times. Yeah, that's why we named it. <laughs> All right, fantastic. Well, where can people get in touch with you? Where, if they want to find out more about good times, where do they go? If they want to connect with you, what do they do? Yeah, I mean, Good Times does have a, a Shopify and online uh, web address. It's just uh, www.goodtimes.games. But really, if you want to interact and, and see what we're doing, and, and you know, that's a that's a that's a web portal. So it's 
it's not as personal as uh, jumping on our Facebook page, our Good Times Games Facebook page, or even just Rob Brewer Facebook page. There's a bunch of pages that spin off from those things. Like if you're just concerned about the D&D part, you know, we've got our Hawthorne Fantasy Storytelling page. Um, if you love what we do in our magic community, we've, Good Times has its own magic page. So we've, we've got a bunch of different pages. Um, but, you know, really, if you want, uh, you want to ask questions, you want quick answers, you want to find out uh, what we do that's different than everybody else, then just Rob Gruber on Facebook. You know, send me a message. I'll make sure. You know, I try to attend to most of that. We're on we're on Facebook more than we're on other platforms. I do have a little bit of Instagram. We've got a, you know our own Good Times TikTok that doesn't do anything right yet. Those are all plans for the future, for sure. But yeah, Rob Gruber on Facebook, easy to find. Um, yeah, uh, it'll be a picture of some kind of elf. <laughs> Excellent. And if people want to find out about the guide for your swords and sorcery, like, is there a place that they can go to kind of like? Be notified? That'll, be the, uh, that'll be the place right there. If you're a store and you're in the small game store sanctuary page, that's that's the one I usually communicate with most. So when it's ready, that page will get a first first crack at it, at the print. Um, so, yeah, if you're a store, that's a good place to find it. If you want to find about it as just a an interested uh, role player, our, Hawth- our Hawthorne Fantasy Storytelling page will have all that. And lots of interactions with uh, with our groups on there as well. Can find out a lot about what's going on here in the store. I mean, that's even though they might not be playing every day, they feel like they're immersed every day because there's you know action on there. Farms are being built and you know different little things. Cool. All right. Well, uh, thank you very much for coming on the podcast and giving me your time. I really appreciate it. And uh, I'm hey, glad we could. Uh, yeah, I'm glad we could have the conversation. We figured it all out and we we made it happen. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, it was great. Great. Thanks again. All right. Well, we will talk to everybody again in the next episode of the Maniverse Podcast. All right. That is it for today's episode of the Maniverse Podcast. I want to thank Rob Gruber for coming on the podcast and sharing his insights and his wisdom and his stories and all of the really great ideas that he has implemented in his business. It was a really fantastic conversation. I really enjoyed it, and I hope you enjoyed listening to it as much as I enjoyed recording it. And don't forget to hit the subscribe button so you stay up to date whenever we upload. And if you like what you hear, we'd also appreciate a quick five-star review on iTunes. Thanks again for listening to today's show. I'm Tom Trapp, and I've been your host. And I will talk to you again in the next episode of the Maniverse Podcast.